The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We all have those thoughts that will not die. Along with many other thought distractions, these can keep us from thinking clearly and focusing on what we desire and who we can be. This is Help! My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage with Dr. Jeffrey Fannin. What if you could learn to command the power of thought and make the laws of the universe work in your favor? It can be done, and it just takes some adjustments to become a thought genius. Now, here is your host, Dr. Jeffrey L. Fannin. I'm Dr. Fannin, and you're listening to Help! My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage on Voice America Empowerment Channel. And we have a special guest today that uh, that uh, I've spent quite a bit of time working with, and uh, we'll get into that in a little later parts of the show. Her name is uh, Shaika Riley. Uh, Shaika Riley has been a physician assistant. Uh, she spent uh, nine and a half years in the United States Air Force. She served overseas during uh, Desert Storm as a communication navigation system specialist in the A-10 aircraft. Uh, She also spent the second half of her military career as a physician assistant in family medicine and internal medicine, where she was the officer in charge for surgical cases, uh, reviewing them for the acute care clinic. Uh, She holds both a master's degree in in, uh, being a physician assistant studies and uh, also a specialty in family medicine and a bachelor in medicine from the University of Nebraska. So very well accomplished and she also has a degree in respiratory therapy from Orange County College. Uh, She has uh, even uh, began attending law school uh, while doing some of her medical reviews uh, for law firms in wrongful death suits and accidental law. Uh, She brings to her position uh, over 20 years as a in clinical practice in multiple fields of medicine. She has uh, held faculty positions as a senior instructor, associate professor, and director of clinical education at the Arizona School of Health Sciences. Um, She has held faculty positions as assistant professor at Midwestern University and uh, Toro University in Nevada. She also taught numerous courses in internal medicine to psychiatry, and has received numerous awards for her her teaching qualifications. Presently, she is an adjunct professor uh, or the uh, adjunct professor in the College of Veterinary Medicine at Midwestern University. Shaika, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Good afternoon. Yeah, uh, we really appreciate you uh, being on here. Um, I know that uh, you have founded an organization called Horse Rhythm Foundation. Tell us about Horse Rhythm. Oh, absolutely. Um, if, quite a few years ago, we there was a group of us that got together because we are uh, physician assistants. We worked in the conventional side of medicine, and we realized uh, through different situations and dealing with different veterans 
because we were veterans ourselves, that it was really important to try to integrate and have kind of alternative type medicine involved with the healing of our veterans that are suffering from post-traumatic stress and traumatic brain injury from our war. So uh, we kind of sat down, got together, and started looking at all the different modalities that were out there. And uh, what we found was that horses were very intuitive and very healing. So we started a foundation using the horses for, for helping these veterans out. And it's been amazing, absolutely amazing, some of the stuff that we've, we've come across. Yeah, I, I've been out uh, watching you guys and working with you a little bit on, on some of this stuff. And one of the most amazing things when the first time that I was ever out to the ranch there watching this happen it was an exercise where uh, you had four veterans and then they uh, put four horses out in the corral. And uh, the object was to go down and bond with the horse and they the veterans had to walk it it seemed like a good 50 yards down mm-hmm. to the other side of the corral where the horses had kind of gone down there and were talking amongst themselves i think mm-hmm. uh, but they got down there and the object was was to bond with the horse and then to bring them back up to um a place where, I, and I'm not quite sure what you mm-hmm. call it, where they had an, the H. What do you call that? Yeah, that was just an activity. We have uh, multiple activities that we actually do with these horses, and it, and it depends on what's going on. And so when we first start off, these veterans actually come out. And one of the things that we see when these veterans come back from war is they've lost a lot of trust. Um, and so they don't, they become very um, kind of introverted and they don't want to really engage with other people, even other veterans. So when we first get them out there, one of the things is for them to be able to bond with each other and start trusting each other again. So we create activities that not only are they working with the horses, they have to start working with each other and start trusting each other in order to get the activities done. So um, that particular day that you're talking about, we actually had a, a, some ground poles on the ground in the shape of an H. And uh, on one side was, um, was things that um, their negative thoughts that have been holding them hostages, you know. And then the other side was positive thoughts to be able to get through those thoughts. And in the center was just one pole, and they had to get the horse on one side and them on the other. And they had to actually just face the horse. And it was like what we say with the horses, the horses are a mirror image of the, um, the actual veterans. So that's why we do most of our stuff on the ground. It's not a riding program. We're not teaching how to go horseback riding or anything like that because if you're on top of the horse, it's like being on top of a mirror. You can't see yourself. And these horses are absolutely amazing at how they actually reflect what's going on with the veterans. So if there's anger issues, if there's depression, if there's suicidal thoughts, it's amazing how the horses actually bring this this out in the veterans to where they can finally come face-to-face with it because we know that our veterans – really know how to suppress. They have a PhD in suppression on how not to deal with situations and emotions and, and the feelings and stuff they have or anything that they've actually experienced. They want to just forget about it. So part of the healing is them working through that and being able to, to find that out about themselves and stuff. So that particular day, that's what that one was about. And uh, what was really neat was um, later we actually put those those veterans out. And uh, that, that particular day, they had to figure out which horse that they rep- represented them the best. So each veteran picked out a horse that, because of the way the horse was acting out there, whether it was running or whether it was, um, you know, coming up to him, whatever. There was a horse they picked out and said, this horse is me because this horse doesn't want anybody to anything to do with it. It runs from the rest of the horses. It's just totally isolated. Or for whatever reason, they picked a horse that represented them. What was really interesting was the next week when we had an activity is we told them to take four chairs out, and they all sat at four corners of the arena, and we told them to journal um, something they would write to a family member that they would like to ask them for after coming back from combat. And a lot of it was about forgiveness. But what was interesting is each person that picked the horse the week before that represented them, each one of those horses went to each 
each person that they picked out. So it was like the horse picked the person, and the person picked the horse, and it was exact same match. Yeah, and, so. and I found that, that it was most interesting to watch what transpired when they were mm-hmm. bonding with the horse. That They would go down, and they didn't have a rope or a halter or anything to mm-hmm. lead the horse back. It was just this communication and this bonding that they had created with the horse. And they were able to bring them up a good 50 yards away Mm-hmm. And, and uh, put them, at, at, like you mentioned, at either end of the H, uh, and, and then continue to work with them and bond. And I was astonished to, to actually watch that happen. Uh, how long does it take that bonding process, that trust? Does it happen real quick with some people and not you know, very fast with others? Yeah, and that's and it does. It varies, just like in, with individuals, individuals with people. And we tell this with veterans. When they come back, we say, you know, from combat, we say, you know what, you don't trust again. So you're coming back and you're thinking everybody else has changed and actually you're the one that's changed because of what you've seen. So now everybody has to trust everybody again. So how do you develop trust? And these horses teach that to these individuals is how to develop trust. And it may take five minutes for one individual or it may take, you know, three months for another. But the horses are very patient and very understanding and, and really spend the time with them. And what they've learned is is if they can get the horse to trust them, they learn how to develop those qualities again to be able to use it with humans. So. The, other, the other thing that was really interesting is they weren't really using words in order to do mm-hmm. that. They weren't saying, come here, horsey, come here, horsey. Right. And, and you could really see the difference in the... Uh, demeanor of the horse uh, in relationship to the demeanor of the veteran mm-hmm. and, and how Absolutely. they were interacting. So there there seems to be this energetic component, these mm-hmm. thought waves, emotions, and things like that that uh, transpire in that relationship. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They, they, um, you know, 80% of our communication is through our body language. And so you see that with these individuals is, is they really have to be able to have their body language saying one thing, their thoughts have to be saying something because these horses are so intuitive, they just really pick up on it. And if they're very negative, and if their their body language is, is very closed off, they can't get anywhere with the horse, they can't develop that trust. And it frustrates them because they want to develop that trust with that, that horse, they want to be there with that horse. So um, they keep trying and trying. And they keep doing the same thing over and over again, and they realize this isn't working, so what can they change? And what's interesting is when they leave, they go home then and try that with their family member. And when they come back the next time, they, they're all excited because how they finally couldn't see something when they were dealing with humans, they were able to see it, and the horse brought it out, you know, with them. But it is about um, their body language. It is about their thoughts, you know, and how what they're thinking, how they're presenting themselves, and because it is that energy that they're bringing through. Yeah, so. I was able to see the horses on days when some of the veterans were having a more difficult time that mm-hmm. the horse is just like, I'm having none of this, and would walk away from them. Right. Or even, you know, they would go to pet the horse and they would pull their head away. Right. And just It's just like, you know, dude, you're not in the right place. I'm not having anything to do with you today. <laughs> yeah, it's like if, if you're threatening, it's like I tell people, I said, well, you know, I tell these veterans, I say, well, if you go up to somebody and you immediately walk up right to their face and put your face in front of theirs, that person's going to back off about 10 feet. And that's what you're doing, you know, with the horses teaching you that. When you come in and you have that attitude and, that, and you're being that aggressive, it may have been a survival thing that you had over there, but coming back to the civilian world, it's not. It's a threatening type thing. And, and so they learn real quick how to soften up, you know, and how to just uh, learn to communicate better. It's amazing because when they start communicating better, a lot of the other symptoms that they have with their anger management and everything else, all that kind of 
of starts to fall into place. So it's it's pretty exciting to actually watch, and it's been amazing. We still have our <laughs> – when we're out there, we, we still sometimes our jaw drops with some of the stuff that actually we see and, and what happens out there, and it's just – to us, we're just you know amazed. We've had veterans just drop to their knees and start crying because they had such a great breakthrough with what's happening, and it's been years, you know, and, and they couldn't get through that, and all of a sudden, the aha moment happened for them, you know, yeah. and, and that's pretty exciting for us to see that and see that healing take place. Well, what are some of the most interesting things that you've seen a person make changes about? Oh, I would say for us, a lot of it is um, when we deal with people that have extreme anger. Um, I've seen the horses... We, we've taught them, we have a round pen exercise that we do in which we take the horse in there, and when we first start off, the horse is just running as fast as it can because the energy level that that veteran has, he's got so much anger, or she has so much anger, and the horse is just like, you can feel, you can see the energy go into the horse, and the horse is just like out of control. And then we start teaching them breathing techniques and, and start teaching them about, okay, what is it that's making you so angry? Let, you know, talk about it now. Talk about it with the horse, why this horse is, you know, acting like this. And it's been amazing to see by the time we finish a six-week course with them, they now, through their breathing alone, can actually control the pace of the horse, of the horse running, actually. And they can get it from a, from a walk to a trot to a, to a canter. And it's been kind of amazing that for them to see that, for them to see that, that they, their body language, how they, how they present themselves, the, the breathing that they do, which calms them down, how it calms the horse down. And that they, they rise themselves up as far as their shoulders and they start breathing stronger and heavier. All of a sudden, all of a sudden the, the horse reacts to that. And that's been really neat for us to be able to see that because the veteran sees results immediately. And when they see results immediately like that, they, they can put that back to the home life when they get angry at home and how the family members react to that. And so they're able to start taking those breathing exercises back there. And they always say, you know, it's like, I'll, I'll go home and, and all of a sudden get in fight with my wife or whatever, or my teenage kid from not cleaning their room. And he says, and all of a sudden, I'll think about that horse. And I start doing my breathing exercises. And I feel like my kid's going to slow down. <laughs> and so it's pretty, it's pretty exciting to see that they're able to take it and they they really take that home with them and they're able to apply it to their everyday life so yeah that's so important Um, I noticed that each of the horses that I've seen Mm -hmm. have individual personalities yes (laughs) what tell us about some of the horses well you know um, we pick horses uh, because we want them to have the different types of personalities and and not that like I said we don't match them up when they get there we let the veterans and the horses match each other up um, but one of the neat things is uh, we, we want a story behind that. We see that the best horses, that the horses that do the best are the ones that have a story behind them. Like the, the horse that started the organization, um, he came from, he was abandoned out in the fields of Tennessee, so he had no horse contact, no people contact, so he had to survive on his own. And with horses, that's not a, you know, that's a, that's a huge thing because they want to be with the rest of their group, with their herd. So, um, so that was a real, real big thing that we saw that personality in the horse, and we knew that would help because that's what our veterans are coming back for when they're over there in combat they're in their herd, you know, they're with the others, they're with their battle buddies. And when they come back, they feel like they're all alone. They feel like they've been abandoned, you know, and stuff. And so we knew that when we first started the organization, that was going to be real important to have that particular horse when we came across with him. So he started the foundation and, and uh, Major um, is his name. And, and uh, I would say he's prevented more suicides and helped more with veterans than any other horse that we've had. So, so they've all kind of got different personalities. We've got another horse that um, is the comedian of the group. And um, uh, you can, <laughs> you know, if we've got a veteran that's extremely serious, this horse horse will make you laugh before you're done for the day, which is good because it kind of lightens their personality up. And and uh, we've even got a miniature donkey, which usually will represent the children. Yeah. And so um, we've had it to where we've had a veteran go in there and had to deal with one horse he picked out, you know, represented his wife because it reminded him of his wife. And then the donkey reminded him of his miniature donkey, reminded him of his kids. So we made him do an activity 
using both his wife and the miniature donkey at the same time. And that was pretty uh, challenging for him. And, and when he got done, he was like, he said the donkey was being really stubborn and the, and the other horse that was representing his wife was being really stubborn and he mm-hmm. couldn't get anywhere and, and he was getting frustrated and he had to learn how to work through his frustration. And we got done, he's like, that's exactly how it is at home. <laughs> so, so he learned some techniques out there with, with the horses so he was able to go back home and apply it. And so it was pretty, pretty interesting. So. Yeah, I've seen the uh, miniature donkey. Seems like he's the one in charge. He's yeah. leading the horses. Is, is that true? Yes, he is. He is definitely. If you put him out in a group, yeah, he'll he'll be the one that runs the other horses around, and you know it doesn't matter your height, you know, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know he lets everybody know that and stuff. But yeah. uh, but these horses are absolutely amazing. They're very very loving, very kind. That's part of the thing is we make sure they don't bite and kick when we use them and stuff. And at the same time, for for them to have a personality with us when they go out in the arena, they have a different personality with whatever that veteran is and whatever they need. That's what's so interesting to us is because we're like this horse will probably do this. And then the horse does something opposite. And we know that horse so well over the years, but it does it exactly, whatever they do is exactly what they're supposed to do at that moment. That's why sometimes we're just like an awe. Yeah. And, you know, we had a, we had, um, a, a case where we had a veteran come in, um, which was really sad. He just came back and he had lost 30 of his buddies over there and he had some of them tattooed on his arms and stuff. And he had been shut down for, for a while and he couldn't get through through all the conventional therapies that we were doing. And so he came out, he was uh, sent out to us for to get some equine therapy done. And, and uh, when we started that day, we had already done his intake, and then we had him in there, and we were just going to get started, and we were waiting for another a member to show up so we could start his class. And I was in the arena talking with him, and I went ahead and asked someone to turn one of the horses, and actually that had to be major that day, to turn him out in the arena, and then we'll wait to turn the rest out until the rest of the group gets there. Uh, somebody had left the fence open at the other end. So when we turned major out, and this is a 300-foot-long you know, arena, um, he took off. He took out of the fence, he went out of the arena, and he went on the road, and he was running. He was gone off the ranch. Now, I was there with him, you know, with the, with the veteran, and for the first time, because when he was sent to me, everybody said, this guy will not smile, he will not do anything. This veteran broke down laughing, fell to his knees, and he said, this reminds me of my buddy, so, you know, he mentioned his name, he said that had died over there. He said, always looking for the easy way out. And for the first time, he told his story, <laughs> and then as soon as he finished his story, this horse that should have been long gone came walking back, walked back in the arena and stood there and looked at us. <laughs> and we just were all, like, amazed, you know, because I was thinking, we've got this loose horse down the road, we got to go chase. And, yeah. and uh, But it was pretty interesting, and that's why sometimes they just... Yeah, there's so many things that happen. They're not coincidences. I, you know, I hate it when people say that because um, these guys, they do, they do, these horses do what they're supposed to do to help these veterans and, and first responders. So, uh, Great. We're going to take a short break here. You're listening to Help My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage on Voice America Empowerment Channel, and we'll be right back. Do you find that some of your hopes and dreams aren't happening the way you thought they would? Maybe your power of intention needs fine-tuning. The latest scientific research indicates that the problem is related to your subconscious belief patterns. They determine your behavior, as well as create the message that is being broadcast into the field. Only 5% of what we think about comes through the conscious thinking part of our brain, and the rest is processed through the subconscious part of our brain. You need the Thought Genius Kit. The Thought Genius Kit is an amazing combination of tools and technology that is not sold in stores anywhere. But you can get it from ThoughtGenius.com. If you want to know what your subconscious thinks and feels about something, all you have to do is think about it and watch the indicators on the screen. The Thought Genius Kit also comes with a lifetime subscription for creating your own mind movies. 
Get more information and read scientific research before you order the Thought Genius Kit at ThoughtGenius.com. That's ThoughtGenius.com. Are you ready for a health, life, and empowerment show in one? Then be sure to listen every week for Living Well with Ann Beal. Ann takes her long-running TV show to the Internet Talk Radio airwaves with guest experts and insight designed to help you live a healthy and successful life. By hearing from the experts and those who have found success, our goal is that you too will be motivated to do the same. Living Well with Ann Beal can be heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Help! My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage. To reach Dr. Jeffrey L. Fannin or his guest today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to radioshow at thoughtgenius.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back. Uh, you're listening to Help My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage on Voice America Empowerment Channel. I'm Dr. Fannin with uh, my guest, Shaika Riley. Shaika, you were talking about before the break a, a great story with Major. And uh, not too long ago, we came out to measure the distance of our wireless headgear mm-hmm. out there. And I brought with me uh, a fellow who's a retired uh, football player with head injury and so mm-hmm. forth. And an interesting experience happened with him that day. Mm-hmm. Can you tell that story? Yeah, um, absolutely. So what happened was that day we were focusing on trying to see this head unit, how far it was going to measure because we were using that for research. And and um, we had a break to where you and I were talking, and so this player had went over, this NFL player had went over to, to look at the horses and everything, and so Major was still in his, his stall. And, and uh, so he walked over, and then as he was passing through the horses, for some reason he really locked into to Major, and they had this unique experience and you could see it going on and we kind of just backed off and let it happen and um and he came back afterwards and he had shared how um how empowering it was and that he felt like this horse was speaking to him you know and it was telling him that that uh no matter what that he was still a warrior no matter what had happened to him and he was kind of go into this whole story you know story a little bit and then he had said to me he had said because i knew nothing about this gentleman i had just met him the first time when you walked out there and and he said he started talking about the horse and saying what makes this horse so special and i said well I know by when this horse does certain things, I already know your story before you tell me because of what this horse was doing. And he's and, um, and, and this individual was just, you know, we won't mention any names or anything, but this individual was just saying, well, what can you know? I mean, you, you know I'm an NFL player, so I probably already have traumatic brain injury, you know. <laughs> and uh, and but, but, I, but I had shared with him, like others, that um, this particular horse, that when we have people that have had any kind of sexual trauma or anything like that happen when they were younger, um, this horse does something specifically, and we see it, and, um, and then we're able to pick that up. We know there's a deeper story than what the person is sharing. And this has happened on multiple um, uh, times with our veterans too. Um, they've come out, and what they've come back is talking about their PTS with war, and then what we find out is their PTS was a lot further back than the war. The war just was like, you know, something that really just brought it out even more, that there might have been some kind of trauma, sexual trauma, or something happened earlier in their life. And then once we're able to bring that up, the, really the healing starts coming, because now something they suppressed so many years, kind of like our Vietnam veterans, how they suppressed for 30, 40 years, you know, and stuff. And so they're able to start bringing stuff up and kind of, for the first time, get it out, you know, and stuff, and be able to face what, what's really happening. So... The communication that went on when we all went into the stall mm-hmm. and there was this thing going on between yes. Major and this player, talk about that. 
Yeah, so we went in there. I'd asked him if he wanted to go inside the stall, and, and he was really nervous to go in because he had never been around horses. And, and uh, I said, well, let's just go in. And he said, why, can you take a picture, you know, and stuff? And I said, sure, if you want a picture and everything. So so um, you had taken some pictures and stuff, too. And he was all excited because he had all these pictures of him smiling and his head next to the head of the horse. But um, it was a picture that was taken that afterwards I had said to him, I said, all those pictures are the pictures that you like. I said, but let me show you the picture that to me spoke the most. And uh, what it was, was there was a point to where um, he would turn to us and start talking, which he was turning away from the horse, and the horse would turn into him and be right there pretty much at his face. He was checking in with him to, to kind of develop his trust. And then when he would turn, you know, back to face the horse, the horse would turn away. And so it was like this game that the, the horse was playing, but the horse, what the horse was doing was checking in every time with him. And uh, he didn't realize that at that moment that the horse was trying to develop a trust with him and was bringing him in, you know, more into him. And it was a really cool picture that we actually got of that check-in moment because a lot of times you miss that, you know, because we don't take pictures a lot of times because it's very private and what we do and stuff. So it was pretty exciting to see that and, and to express that to him. This is the picture of the lifetime. This is the one that you want to take and you want to frame. The ones you're smiling and, and those are just typical pictures everybody take when the horses. That's, that's nothing. This is the one where there's so much happening at that moment. That was the connection. That was the trust. That was the moment that he knew then that you both were warriors together. He was your battle buddy. Yeah. You could see that there was some sort of energetic connection, yes, an emotional absolutely. connection, and he even recited that back to us mm-hmm. uh, and told us how meaningful that was. And he mm-hmm. was so excited. He says something very profound happened to me today, and I feel like a piece of me that major just pulled this piece of me out. He was walking on cloud nine. Yes, he was. And that and that's exactly how it is what we see with our veterans and first responders and yeah. they come through and get classes. They it's the same type thing. It's like they're all or something and, and like you said, the energy is really interesting. And and I really feel that there's a synchronization happening between the brain waves of the horse and the brain waves of the individuals and stuff. I really think there's there's a lot going on there, more than what we can express. We keep we keep saying the general stuff of of it's a mirror of what's going on with the guys, but I think there's so much more deeper involved that we're yet to this day to understand what's happening, the intuitiveness that's happening between the horse and the individual. Um, but yeah, that's that's exactly what we hear. They feel like they, that a, a part of them has been taken out, you know, and stuff and being pulled from them to where the horse actually almost takes some of their pain from them and brings it on to themselves so they can give a relief to that individual, you know, and it's, it's kind of interesting. It's, it's, it's um, been amazing for us. I can't even express how amazing it is for us. Yeah. And so there's um, something scientific happening there. Yes, and I know that, yes. that uh, you've been doing some scientific research mm-hmm. um, uh, as part of your doctoral program and, right. and, and beyond that. Tell us a little bit about why you think scientific research is important. Oh, I think it's very important because, you know, anytime you have something new or something's on the edge or something's not been, if there's not enough, been enough research, you know, there's all those skeptical people out there that don't want to believe it and have to question it and stuff, you know. And sometimes we know that the greatest things in life are those that just haven't been proven yet, you know, or on the edge of being proven. So um, there needs to be more research done with equine therapy. I know the VA is starting to jump on board a little bit, and some other organizations um, are jumping on board to try to do more and more research so we can show the benefits. Um, there's been some research out there that that's um, done with autistic kids and with, you know, other, organi- other groups of people, but there hasn't been enough done on traumatic brain injury. There hasn't been enough done on post-traumatic stress. And so I think it's real important that we get that out there. So we had just, uh, um, or in still in the middle of it, and actually I would say probably toward the end of it, of, um, of what we did, which we took veterans and we actually brain mapped them 
and did their, you know, their EEGs, QEGs, convert them over. And then we took them and put them through equine therapy. And then at the very end, we brain mapped them again so we can see the benefits of what actually is happening. So we're in the process of all that. I think, I think if you can get, you know, if we can get every equine place in the, in the United States to do, you know, research, I'd say do it because you can't, we can't do enough of it to be able to show other organizations and these big organizations like the VA, like, look, this really helps. So let's stop, you know, giving medication. Let's stop doing so much of the conventional stuff. Let's stop giving so much pills. And let's start doing other things that can help these veterans work through what they got to work through, you know. And, and I keep talking veterans, but I want to make sure that I don't forget about, you know, the, the first responders because our first responders go through a lot. I mean, we see a lot of that PTS and it not being recognized. And it's the same thing with them. I mean, even if they're going to their private doctors, a lot of times they're given medication. And, and there's so many other ways to be able to treat post-traumatic stress and the symptoms they're going through. We really need to look at that. And, and equine therapy is just one great successful thing to be able to do that. So, Well, and both with the veterans and first responders, there are consequences of trying to deal with that if it's in a therapeutic context or... Uh, most of them just end up trying to deal with it on their own, don't yes, they? Yes, they do. They, they, um, you know, and it's starting to get a little bit more accepted to where they're not looking at it um, before when you said you had post-traumatic stress, everybody thought you were you know, a mental case, you know, and stuff. And we tried to tell people, look, this is not what's really going on. This is a medical thing that's happening here. And um, and we see the problems, you know, with the amygdala and different parts of the brain and everything that's happening, whether you have PTS alone or PTS with a TBI or whatever you have. So, you know, we need to make sure that, that we realize there's a medical part of this and we express that to these people that are suffering from this because they don't want to come in because they're afraid of being marked, you know, or if they're in the military or they were the uh, veteran coming in, they're afraid to come in and show too much improvement because they're afraid the VA is going to take their disability away. When this is really a long-term thing, you're not going to you're not going to completely heal somebody with PTS and say, okay, your PTS is all gone now. It's always going to be there. It's a matter of learning how do you deal with this and how do you work through the symptoms of what you have. And uh, so a lot of these veterans and first responders, you know, they still want to be able to do their job, you know, and and uh, be able to go out and do stuff, but they're afraid to be a mark, so they're afraid to come in. And uh, because it was it was had that stigma of being such a mental health thing before, and and uh, and I would really like for it to to kind of get away from that, and for people to realize that this is a, this is a medical condition. It's you know medical like you've got diabetes. You know this is still a medical thing, and that's how we need to look at it, and not mark these individuals. You know because they suffer from it. So yeah, and I I would think also the science has a lot to do with helping them understand mm-hmm. how how it is what's happening to them specifically in scientific terms and why more and more research uh, really needs to, to come into this to, to show not only the, the medical side of what they're experiencing but also the scientific side. Absolutely. And then also looking at the healing aspect of the relationship, the energy that's going on between uh, the horse, the veteran, the first responder, uh, or even uh, some of the football players that, that, that deal with head injury. Uh, being able to uh, measure and and record some of that stuff. We live in an amazing age where we now have the technology to mm-hmm. assist in that. Um, why do you think that that's an important piece? Oh, well, um, like I said before, it, it's it's an important piece because we need to get it out to the public. We need people to realize, you know, that that – we have this capability of doing this. We need to measure it, and we need to prove it. So, so it's another modality for people to be able to use for healing. You know, um, so I think it's what you're you're getting around to on that part. But, um, you think that there's a, a key ingredient to that healing process between the veteran and the first responder? Certain things that need to happen for them in order to have a breakthrough. 
Um, you know, I, I, there is, and, um, and each individual is kind of a different thing. Um, but I think the fact, I mean, the first part of healing for anybody is the fact that they want to take that risk and go out there and try something new, try that different therapy. So I think that's, that's real important. And once they've made that decision to come out and commit and actually get the therapy done, that's, that's their first part of healing, you know, for them. But as far as a key ingredient that, that goes with this, um, it just happens. I mean, when they go out there, we've had veterans that, that have been out there and said, well, this isn't going to work for me. And they've got their hands folded across their chest and they just, you know, there's no magic pill, right? We just put them out there and, and, and all of a sudden within an hour, they're a 180 degree different person, you know, that's out there. So what is the magic that's actually happening? Um, what is the energy that's actually happening? You know, we can't define it this, at this moment. We just know that it happens and right. we visually see it and we witness it. And so we know it's there, you know. Absolutely. Uh, We're going to take another short break here, and we'll be back. You're listening to uh, Shaika Riley, and I'm Dr. Fannin, and you're listening to Help My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage on Voice America Empowerment Channel. When you make decisions, do you ever find yourself in doubt? Are you trying to figure out what's right with you? Are you ready to truly change your life? Listen for the Access Consciousness Radio Show with the founders of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane Here, Consciousness is all about including everything and judging nothing. Our program will help you break free from your personal limitations and enhance positive change in all areas of your life. Tune in to Access Consciousness, Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Do you find that some of your hopes and dreams aren't happening the way you thought they would? Maybe your power of intention needs fine-tuning. The latest scientific research indicates that the problem is related to your subconscious belief patterns. They determine your behavior, as well as create the message that is being broadcast into the field. Only 5% of what we think about comes through the conscious thinking part of our brain, and the rest is processed through the subconscious part of our brain. You need the Thought Genius Kit. The Thought Genius Kit is an amazing combination of tools and technology that is not sold in stores anywhere. But you can get it from ThoughtGenius.com. If you want to know what your subconscious thinks and feels about something, all you have to do is think about it and watch the indicators on the screen. The Thought Genius Kit also comes with a lifetime subscription for creating your own mind movies. Get more information and read scientific research before you order the Thought Genius Kit at ThoughtGenius.com. That's ThoughtGenius.com. We're all living in the moment, but you never know when life is going to take a unique turn. It doesn't have to be a challenge, but perhaps more of a detour to get where we need to be. On The Sky's the Limit, host Karen Levitt knows that experience, having faced it herself. Learn about her journey from a life-changing event to where she is now. Her guests are amazing people who are living these experiences and overcoming obstacles. Learn from their stories every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Help! My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage. To reach Dr. Jeffrey L. Fannin or his guest today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to radioshow at thoughtgenius.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to this week's program. 
I'm Dr. Fannin, and you're listening to Help My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage on the Voice America uh, Empowerment Channel. And my guest today is Shaika Riley of the Horse Rhythm Foundation. And so uh, we've been discussing a little bit about what happens at uh, uh, Horse Rhythm Foundation. Tell us a little bit more about the inner workings of, you know, how did Horse Rhythm come about? What made you want to put this foundation together? And uh, what's on the horizon? Oh, okay, absolutely. Well, um, being a, a veteran myself, and, and all of us that, that run this organization, we're either combat veterans, disabled veterans, or first responders, and we, we all volunteer. We're not getting paid for this, so we, a lot of us have regular jobs, and we just volunteer for this organization. And um, what ended up happening was I, I've always been conventional medicine and always been real, real strong in that. And, uh, and then it was uh, myself. I actually uh, got cancer, and so I was in the VA system, and uh, I got to be on that side instead of treating. We were, you know, medical, you know, we were always like, you come in, you have a problem, we write you a prescription, you come back in from a side effect from that problem, and from taking that medication, we write you another prescription. And it seems like that's kind of been the, the pattern. And for the first time being on the other end of it, it was, it was pretty um, evident when I saw this. And when I was in a room with 30 other Vietnam veterans that were receiving treatments, you know, uh, chemo treatments and everything, it was amazing to talk to them and, and get their side of what's happening, one, with what happened to them in Vietnam, but also, two, the treatment and everything else that they actually go through. And I just realized that moment as I'm getting conventional treatment, you know, how important and how strong the mind is and uh, in your healing process and how we have to come up with these other modalities. So that was at that moment then that um, that's why I started researching different type of modalities for, for treatment and what we could do for our veterans and uh, besides just conventional medicine. And, and uh, I got together and called some other PA friends of mine, and, and that's when we said, okay, let's do the, the equine therapy. This, this will work. And so um, that's how we started to come about it. That's how this whole thing kind of started coming up. Um, and, and I'm so glad. I always tell people cancer saved my life, and it, and it really did. It saved my life, and it saved a lot of other people's lives, you know, I think, um, because it, it allowed you to kind of open your eyes for the first time, open your mind. And I would never wish it upon anybody, but um, if I could teach anybody anything, um, it would be that, you know, to, to, you know, your mind is so powerful in your healing, it doesn't have to be about that pill that you're given. You know, you really have to take your mind and really kind of use that as your healing process and stuff. So, and that's one of the things that we want to bring across to our veterans with their PTS and with their TBI and our first responders. Yeah, thoughts are so, so important. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because the title, you know, you're, yeah. you have your, your show, you know, Help My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage, and I thought that is so I mean, it, it's right on when you talk about our veterans and first responders that are suffering from PTS. That's exactly what's happening. Their thoughts are holding them hostage, and and uh, we have to get them through that. You know, we because ha- you know these are powerful people. These are you know these are warriors. These are powerful men and women. You know, and and uh, they've been out there fighting for us and, and fighting for their country. And we really owe it to them to be able to show them that path when they come back. You know, and. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a pretty interesting. I love your title, you know, and stuff. So. Well, thank you very much. It, that's also uh, the title of my book that's coming out, okay. How My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage. Perfect. Because I, I think I got in, into that stream of consciousness that uh, I see so many people in uh, a clinical setting or even in some of these major events that we do with uh, advanced meditators. And there is quite a spectrum of people learning how to deal with managing their thoughts. And a lot of people don't really understand that it's, uh, it's more than just managing your thoughts. It's about the energy that goes on within those thoughts. So you can have a wanted thought or an unwanted thought. doesn't matter which it is, but the principle is still the same. If you hold that thought for 17 seconds, 
the energy begins to amass and it's vibrating at a particular frequency. Mm-hmm. So love, joy, happiness is, is a faster, higher frequency than anger, fear, uh, and depression, which is a lower, denser frequency. But they vibrate at a particular rate. And so when that happens, the energy that is most like it if you hold that for 17 seconds, will be attracted to it. So they start to have more thoughts that are like the thought that they began with. And that, I think, is one of the key issues in uh, PTSD uh, and, and uh, uh, also head injury and, and just everyday living. Mm-hmm. So as they're trying to go through their everyday living and they start to have an unwanted thought, they hold it for 17 seconds, another one comes, another one comes, another one comes. And once you cross that 68-second mark, there's now enough energy that has been amassed in that process that it begins to affect particle matter. And that's how we create our own reality. So much of what these veterans and first responders are dealing with or creating some of these things uh, on a continuing basis, they have to learn how to break that cycle by changing the thoughts, changing the emotions, and to me, it seems like the relationship between the horse, the veteran, the first responder, that's the energetic reaction that's going on that the horse is the stabilizing force and saying, come on, buddy, don't think like that. You know, let's, right, change, right. let's change that energy vibration. And that's when the healing begins. Would because, you agree? Oh, I absolutely agree. Because when they have that negative thought, the horse responds back with a negative action. And so, and then that's not what the veteran wants. They want something different. So they have to learn how to change that, that, that thought into a positive thought, which creates a different energy level, different frequency. And then the horse responds to that in a positive way. And so instead of having that domino effect of, of the negative, it creates negative and just everything falls down, you know, it's like all of a sudden they're building up, you know, and stuff. And so it's, it's pretty cool to see. Yeah. So the horse has some sort of of mechanism in their thought process oh, absolutely. that says, I'm not going there. Right. You know, right. I'm not, they, they don't cogitate over the negative thoughts over and over and over again. Right. So right. their thinking cortex is, you know, relatively small. It's more on an emotional basis, and yet they know how to transmit that information. And I think that's just such a marvelous thing and, and something that uh, we're looking towards uh, developing a process where we can measure that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'll tell you, these these horses teach forgiveness. And that's one of the things is because a horse, we always tell the individuals, okay, look, you got this, this, uh, this horse sees a mountain lion. It runs only so far, then it stops, starts grazing and eating grass. It's forgotten, forgiven. Yeah. It's gone on. And so <laughs> we tell them, this is what you need to do. You know, you hold on to those negative over and over again. You can't stop and go, okay, time to eat, time to relax now and stuff. And so you never relax in your brains at that one function, creating more and more negative thoughts until it's just so destructive. You can't function, you know. So uh, so it really does. The horse brings around so much, you know, forgiveness, love, how to trust, how to be kind, just all this stuff, you know. And a lot of it, too, the horse brings across to them, I think, on such a great energy level is how to forgive themselves, which I think is so important. So how do you come by these amazing horses? I mean, every one of them has such a great personality. And when I go out there, it's like visiting my buddies when I go yeah. out there. They're, they're, just, yeah. they're just good friends. But how do you come by these horses? You know, we're, we're very blessed. Um, we have people that will call us and, and say, hey, I have, a, I have a horse that, 
that I think will work really great for your foundation. Or we'll have a, a rescue that will call us and say, hey, we have a horse. Do you want to check this horse out? And, and that's what we do. We will respond back with some questions that we have to make sure that the horse will fit. And, and then if it looks like it's got everything that we, we think would work, then we want to go check it out and stuff, you know. So they'll either get donated in or um, that's usually how we want it is we want the horses donated in because we are a nonprofit. You know, like I said, we're a volunteer group. So, you know, we need to bring the funds in to be able to support us, you know, and stuff. And so and support the horses and got to feed the horses. And, and it's been great because we are, we are located at uh, Midwest University, their equine uh, facility there. They have a bovine equine facility there. And, and uh, it's been amazing being partnered with Midwestern University because they have, they have built this amazing facility. It's an ADA facility that uh, so our, our veterans in wheelchairs will be able to, you know, be at home when they get there. They'll be easier for them to move around. And, and uh, I'll tell you, that's um, us having that has allowed us now to be able to go out and be able to receive more horses in uh, because of the, the cost, you know, it didn't, it's not quite as much as when we had to pay for a board and everything. So it's been, it's been allowing us now to take more horses. So if, if there is somebody that's listening to this and they have a horse they think would, would do really well for the foundation of what we do, you know, and stuff, and, and mainly the requirements are we, we need a horse that's healthy. A lot of people want to donate horses that are injured, you know, and stuff. And, and the problem with that is we do have amputees that will ride a horse and the horse is a three-dimensional animal so it makes somebody that has no legs when they get on top of a horse and they start walking with that horse um, they actually feel as if the sensation is if they're walking again so we have to make sure this isn't a horse that's going to stumble and fall you know and, and the veteran get hurt so um, but yeah if there's somebody out there and, and you have a horse and you think it'd be great for this foundation it's a healthy horse and and um, and it's got you know it doesn't bite doesn't kick then please reach out to us and give us a call because we would like to evaluate them we have we have spots open so um, please reach out to us yeah, I know that uh, you don't accept all horses. No. Uh, you were showing me one the other day that uh, uh, probably wasn't going to make it through. Yeah, we have a we have a uh, when once we bring them in, we have like usually a thirty to sixty day evaluation period. So even if you think the horse is great, you know we'll we'll bring it in and we'll evaluate the horse. And the horse has to go through as a two page testing uh, as far as with wheelchairs and with white canes for our blind veterans. And you know and 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 we have all this list of what they got to go through and. And some horses will make it right through, and some horses after after you know one exposure, they're like, I'm not having anything to do with this, and and that's that's fine. It's just like people; everybody does different things in their life, has different jobs, so every horse has a different job, and and so there's those that are those special ones that that can really do the therapy, and those are the ones that we actually want. So yeah, it's nice to know that you, they go through some vetting process. Pardon the pun there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely, <laughs> definitely have to go through that. Yeah, yeah. go through the vetting process, uh, and and that's probably why I see so many amazing horses and the interaction with the veterans and the first responders it just um it, it's just an amazing thing mm -hmm. so what's on the horizon for horse rhythm foundation well um research is a big one for us um we want to be able to get the the information out get the scientific information out so other uh, uh organizations will and the va system will use more and more and more of the equine therapy i think that's that's really important to get that information out for everybody and so it just reaches the general public too. You know, people suffering from TBI or PTS for whatever the reason they, they're suffering from, that they that people realize this is another alternative for them, another modality of, of treatment for them. So research is a huge one for us, and not in, in, on the veteran and first responder side, but also on the animal side. You know, what's happening to these animals when they're going through this therapy and helping the, somebody with PTS? You know, and stuff. So, so we want to be able to work with that. Um, uh, right now, Magic Faculty with the College of Veterinary Medicine for Midwest University, and um, we really do have some exciting stuff I think happening in the future with research and stuff. And 
And uh, like I said, we're just really excited to be there with partners with them because uh, just an amazing group of people and an amazing um, university and, and organization and college there. And and uh, so we're really excited about our future right now. So um, and we, we welcome people to come out and take a tour if they'd like. Yeah. And uh, how would they get a hold of you in order to do that? Yeah, the best way to, to get a hold of us is through our website, and that's um, www.horserhythm. And I have to spell this out because everybody spells rhythm wrong. <laughs> and that's R-H-Y-T-H-M, so horserhythm.org. And uh, if you go to our contact page, that's probably the, the best way to contact us via email. And there's a phone number there that you can contact us on. And uh, so just reach out to us, you know, and stuff. If we don't, re- you know, if you call and leave a message, you know, we always say give us at least 24 hours to respond back to you because we may be out in the field working with veterans and, and uh, or we may have a, a suicide call or something like that. So we have to do our priorities and everything. But, no, we haven't forgot about you. We're just, you know, um, we'll, we'll reach out to back out to you. So if there's if you have a horse that you want us to evaluate or, you know, also we do run off donations because we are a nonprofit, um, a 501c3. So, you know, if you'd like to, to reach out and help us, um, we do have a lot of expenses, you know, still. Um, like I said, your donation is not going to someone's salary. It's going back into these horses and to these veterans and, and what they need to be able to come out and get, get help and everything. So please, uh, also you can go to our website under our, um, under our donation page and just uh, please make a donation, you know, even if it's just something something small. Every little bit helps, you know, and we have it where you could do it month to month, you know, $10 if you want or something. And it's amazing how how even something so small could be so great for us and so big for the foundation to help others, so... Yeah, it's a, an amazing organization, and I know that you do uh, a great deal of uh, work <clears throat> trying to make things happen, and uh, uh, you have a, a gala coming up in the spring. Yes, yeah, we're, we're really excited. We, we usually have them in the fall every year, and this year, because of the move onto the university, we had so much happening. So we, we chose to, and we wanted to kind of move it back to the to the spring instead of the fall because we're competing against so many other Nonprofits, and then we, of course, we got the Marine Corps ball, and and we wanted to have that respect for for the Marine Corps as far as not in a, you know not having it around that time frame. So we decided to move our gala to the spring. So in April of 2016, we'll be having our our gala, and um, uh, you know I I be able to give if you follow us on our website, um, then you'll be able to to get more and more information as we get closer. Um, and if you want to um, receive information or the newsletters on what's happening, save the dates and all that, then please just email us again on our um, on our website, and then. Um, go to our, our Facebook, too, because we, we do a lot, pretty active with our Facebook. Um, and if you want to look us up on, on Facebook, Horse Rhythm Foundation, um, then uh, follow us on our Facebook, and, and you'll find out more and more about the about everything that's happening and what we're doing. We we are very cautious with um, – we're not going to be the kind of organization where you're going to see these um, commercials of uh, or stuff out where there's a um, – you know, somebody that's really severely handicapped. And we're pretty, pretty big about, um, about uh, privacy and about HIPAA and everything because we're all licensed medical providers that are out there. And uh, any picture that you see on our website is because we've been asked to post it, you know, and stuff. So we try not to do a lot of that kind of posting. So, so even with our Facebook, you know, we, we tend to, to kind of keep it kind of private, you know, and stuff too. And, and some people want to come out and see what we're doing and everything. And then once again, because we are licensed medical providers and we're dealing with medical issues, you know, we do have to abide by HIPAA. So we keep it private around the around the arena to where people just aren't sit there watching because you know so it'd be like it'd be I always tell people it's like if somebody's in their in their office in a clinic seeing their you know psychologist or something you're not going to want to walk in there and sit down and watch the person as they're talking to their psychologist <laughs> so it's the same when we're out there although it may mm-hmm. seem exciting because the horses are out there and you really want to see what's happening you know the privacy is we take that very serious and and um 
and we need that, you know, the veterans and stuff for their for their protection, and then for the first responders for their protection too. But, but yeah, we do we do post other stuff, and we we um, please invite you to please uh, just click on it, you know, and and start following us, and we'd love to have you have you there, and and like I said, do a tour if you want to email us and say you'd like to do a tour, we could set up a tour for the facility and what we have going on. Uh, that's really so. great. Maybe you got another story or two about people who have. Uh, Oh my had gosh. some interesting experiences well, I out think, there. I think one of the things that we haven't really um, talked about, we talk about a lot about post-traumatic stress and and, um, and uh, our traumatic brain injury individuals. Um, that's the other studies, too, we want to do is because even with our TBIs, one of the things that we do when we do activities is there's so much to remember. We'll give them things to remember while they're doing their activities, and we, we promote that within the activity. And it's been interesting to see how we've had people with the really with the you'll give them directions and then within two seconds they'll take a stop you know they'll take a step and they'll turn around and say okay now what am I supposed to do and they do that and then at the end of a six-week um, course with them they now you give them the same you know give them directions again and then now they go all the way through and they follow through without having to stop so it's amazing how I think we're helping with memory and stuff with that too just kind of implementing all that stuff so um, but one of the things that that we didn't talk about which I think is, is really important so if you're you're a veteran out there and you're listening to this um, first of all, know that this is there's no cost to you in, in coming out and getting help. Or if you're a first responder out there suffering from post-traumatic stress, there is no cost to you to come out and get help. We're, we're here for you. Our doors are open for you. This this whole organization is for you all. And um, But one of the things I want to talk about is um, is military sexual trauma. It is a serious thing that we have out there. And, and a lot of people don't like to talk about it or it's kind of a quiet thing to talk about. But if you're a veteran out there and you're suffering from any of that or from military sexual trauma, reach out you know, to us and stuff because um, that's something that, that you don't have to be alone in. Um, it's something that, that these horses will help you work through. Um, and like we talk about like the horses, like how they with somebody with anger, how they can run from one direction to the other, kind of trying to teach the person how to soften up. It's interesting to see that same horse, you know, come from across the field to someone that's been sexually traumatized and actually come up and put his head into their chest. And um, it's 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 very healing. and It's very loving. But it also it teaches them about, you know, how to how to develop boundaries and how to you know get their strength back. And and uh, and I think what, what we've seen with sexual trauma is it's really taught um, these men and women, because we have both, and um, a lot of people think sexual trauma only with females, but we see that we have just as many males from, from se- military sexual trauma as we do females. Um, but it's been really interesting to see the empowerment that they've given back to the individuals that feel like they have lost that because of what they've encountered and what they've experienced. So so I just wanted to, to reach out to, to anybody, any of the veterans and first responders that are out there. You know, if you need help, you know, contact us. The phone number's there on, on our page. We'll get right back to us. Let us know you're a veteran and you need help, so we'll make sure we get back to you immediately. And because um, there'll be somebody that prioritizes all our, our phone calls coming in. So, um, but just know that we're here for you. We're here to support you. Um, we're here to, to, you know, be your battle buddies for you. And these horses are here as your battle buddies and, and to be able to help you out. So what's the funniest thing that you've seen happen out there? Oh, wow. Um, well, <laughs> I would uh, – I don't know if there's been, like, the, the funniest thing, but probably that time the horse took off. That was uh, – it wasn't funny at the moment, but it's definitely something we laugh about now, you know, and stuff. But, um, you know, these, these horses are just um, just smart. I mean, they, they, uh, they uh, do things that um, – that you kind of have to just start like we had a uh, we had an activity once where a cone was representing um, a negative a negative um, thing, and um, so this this cone was representing a negative thought that the individual was having, and what we wanted to do is we wanted the the veteran to be able to go and um, and since this cone was representing it, they needed to bring the horse over, address what the negative thought was, and then write it on an index card something positive. 
that they could do to overcome this negative thought and then put it inside the cone. And um, so the veteran, you know, was able to, to go up to its horse without anything to, you know, had to develop the trust first so the horse would follow it, and then came up to the cone. And then when the uh, the veteran was going to go reach down for the, the negative cone, the horse took it by its mouth and just walked off with it. And the <laughs> veteran, and what was interesting was the veteran chasing the horse with the cone in the mouth. And it was like, okay, you're chasing the negative thoughts, you know. So we use a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of it when, you, when you're talking, you know, you're, these, are the, these mm-hmm. are the things you're talking about. And so he kept chasing this horse until eventually he realized, well, why do I want that cone? You know, it took him a little bit to, to realize that. So there's, there's things like that that happen that kind of really allow you to, to bring out the metaphors, you know, and stuff and for the healing and for the, the whole thought healing process that we do out there. Oh, that that's really funny. That's uh, very, very interesting. It, I, I could just picture that in my yeah. head as we're sitting here talking <laughs> yeah. about it. Just and, and it's very funny to see and how intuitive the horses are yes. and, and whatnot. Yeah. So um, we'd like to encourage any of our listeners uh, out there to uh, to contact uh, the Horse Rhythm Foundation, uh, whether you want to uh, be involved with them in some way or make a donation. You know, go to uh, horserhythm.org and uh, see what's going on there because it's, it's very profound and it's very, um, very important, you know, that we live in a time where there's more and more of this happening and people who have uh, veterans and first responders uh, have issues that they need to deal with and are not having an easy time of it. And it's so great that you have built an organization that is willing to uh, take on this and that it's uh, really no charge to the veteran or the first responder in order to get the help. All they have to do is reach out and, and allow that to happen. So uh, our best to you, Shaika, and, thank and you all so the things much. that you're doing. And thank you to the listeners, and, and thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, it's a, a great to have you here, and so it's always great spending time with you. So. Uh, You're listening to Help My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage. I'm Dr. Jeffrey Fannin, and this is Voice America on the Empowerment Channel. Thank you for tuning in to the show this week. Please join Dr. Jeffrey Fannin again for another edition of Help, My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage. Listen every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have the best week possible. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.